You're listening to Title from Haurai Gakuen no Balkan, Tenkausai Scramble, released April 19, 1996, composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, I never know what day this is going to post anymore, it's Bedroth. Hey, hey, man. How's it going? Pretty good. What'd you just call me? I I, I was, I, I think I was <laughs> going to say guy, and then I switched over to man, and I didn't do it quite quickly enough. Yeah, I'm not so going like, Gan? Gaman? Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> take it. Okay. Cool. Wasn't that a Street Fighter character or something? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's probably, oh, man. probably a character in some video game. Throw some letters together, you're bound to get something. <laughs> you're bound to. Bound yep. to get something. But we are in December, so I'm excited. But real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcast or whichever app you chose to listen to us on and drop a quick rating under review. Really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers. See what we're doing. And if you feel inclined, toss a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexx and Zanku. Uh, I think I have decided I am no longer going to say like, oh, guess what? I'm caught up because it never stays. Um, <laughs> apologies about the uh, delay in the episodes posting the last few weeks. A um, couple have posted, but as of time of recording right now, there's still two, three. Yeah, damn, three that have not um, by the time this one posts. Wow, dude. So I'm looking at our Spotify wrapped for BG Mania at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our top episode was our Splatoon 3 episode for 2023, uh, which I had a feeling it might be, but it was streamed 999% more than the average episode. That episode blew up, dude. That's, that's crazy. Like Splatoon. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people like Splatoon, but still. Yeah, that <laughs> that episode literally had about a, a thousand percent more downloads than ev- like our average episode the rest of the year. Um, pretty big numbers on that one, but that was cool. I appreciate that, and I'm glad you guys enjoyed that episode because uh, I do think the music in Splatoon Three is rather interesting. Actually, live on your browser, your device or browser is not supported. I can't look at the rest of my uh, my wrapped because it doesn't support Chrome. That's stupid. That's that seems weird. Yeah, like why well, can't. Well, that's dumb. How am I supposed to see it? 
I can't log in on my phone as I don't think as the podcast. Maybe I could. I'll have to figure it out. Uh, comments. I think we have a couple new ones. There was a few in Discord, right? There was one maybe. Let me take a look. I think it was our uh, our zero point one percent listeners and Koo who had a comment to <laughs> yep. say, "Great." I don't. What episode was this about? Oh, this would have been about the um, the hell did we just do? What just posted? Uh, uh, it was Ocean. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so You're he welcome. said, "Great episode, guys. The more retro episodes are always a nice treat. As I get longer in the two." I find myself reminiscing about longer in the tooth. I don't really hear anyone ever say that. I find myself reminiscing about my childhood more and more. (laughs) And the retro stuff always brings back fond memories. He said the, the main humans in Short Circuit were Steve Gutenberg, Ali Sheedy, and Fisher Stevens. He was the Indian guy that was not played by an Indian. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you for that, Zanku. Um... And then another comment from the Ocean episode, because I guess that's really the only one that's posted since the Spider-Man 2 episode. Uh, Our good friend Clark had a comment and he said that Parallax music was phenomenal. Great job, guys. Thank you. And yeah, that was a pretty dope track. Lengthy. Hopefully everyone stuck around to listen to the end of that one. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. Because it was it was definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. But like I said, now that that's out of the way, hopefully uh, we'll. Dev, not hopefully. By the time this episode drops, three more episodes will already be available. That being the yep. uh, the great BG Mania baking show or whatever we titled that. Our <laughs> spotlight on the Super Mario RPG Switch version, the remake. Which, again, there is a sister episode to that released on the same day. Alex is graciously waiting for me to get caught up so that way we can pass the, uh, drop the episodes at the same time. But, um... The day that posts for me, that episode, which he will have the Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars soundtrack, same playlist we covered on our show, just uh, the SNES version over on his show, A VGM Journey. Make sure you go check that out if you haven't already. We promoted it during that episode. And then, of course, Radio Hour just uploaded a few days before this one probably did. But now we are in December, and likely maybe one or two of those episodes also posted in December. But uh, this is the first official one that is supposed to be in December because I'm actually going out of town in two days. Um, But it is our usual time. We do this four times a year. I'm always so excited when we get to do this. Composer appreciation. This time we are focusing on someone that I actually um, have met. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Uh We are talking today about Hitoshi Sakamoto. Well, that is, I don't think I know that story. You've met Hitoshi Sakimoto. Yeah, yeah. Cool, Um, man. So it was at the Distant Worlds concert over in Pittsburgh Ah, that I I went to, I think it was in 2015 or 2016. Myself, Jessica then at the time, Justin and his wife at the time um, went to Distant Worlds and the guest of honor was Hitoshi Sakamoto. He was sitting in the crowd like during the entire show. Um, And then we had purchased front row tickets with the VIP meet and greet. So, and we were also like, we got up because we were literally like the first seats on the aisle in the front row. Like they let us off first into the, the VIP meet and greet area. Um, so wow. we were first in line, but yeah, I got to meet um, Arnie Roth, the conductor and Hitoshi Sakamoto, who I have a picture with, but uh, he looks like he is sleeping. His eyes are closed. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Now, now I really want it to be the episode art. <laughs> it's not because I don't look good. <laughs> oh man. It was, that was, that was a well, very uh, weird, weird stage about for my hair. Oh dude. No, I know. Seth makes, <laughs> Seth makes me look beautiful. What are you talking about? That's true. It's true. But Seth's not in the picture. So what are you going to do? <laughs> Photoshop him in. 
Yeah, man, Hitoshi Sakimoto. Gotta replace um, Jessica with somebody. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Yep, yep. Whose face is gonna be this week? Um, <laughs> all right. So yeah, Hitoshi Sakimoto um, is—he's one of those composers. There are a few out there. Uh, Noriyuki Iwadari is another one I'd probably put in this category. Absolutely. Composers who I know are great. Um, like I know how big they are and I know how good their music is, but I just haven't heard as much of it as a lot of my other, you know, favorite composers. Like, this is a guy who could very easily be one of my masters of EGM if I had known more about his soundtracks beforehand, you know? Um, he's really good. I mean, anybody who has worked on a Final Fantasy game, like, been the main composer on a Final Fantasy game, I, th- I think you can you can say it's going to be pretty high caliber. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I have a few of his Final Fantasy tracks later on. Here is, I'm only sending this to you, by the way. This is the photo in, in, in reference. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I can. <laughs> There's a little awkwardness going on there. You don't look too bad, though, man. Come on. Come on. We, we've all been like, it, it's just the way, it's not like there's anything, you know, majorly wrong with his face or anything, listeners. It's, it's just the way he's standing. <laughs> no, no, it, it absolutely is. Yeah, no, it, it makes it look really awkward. So I don't like it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I hear you. he's a super nice dude. Um, really cool. Really, really cool. I was glad I yeah. got to meet him because I'm a big fan of his work. I, I've seen an interview or two with him um, and he always seems, I mean, he's speaking Japanese in the interviews, but he always seems to come across as a really affable or just really friendly guy. Lots of laughing and stuff like that. Yeah, no, there was a translator there for sure. Um, You can't, it's not in the photo, but there was a translator there. Um, Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I am obviously a huge fan of his. Um, I think I probably, (sighs) what was my first introduction? That would have probably been Final Fantasy Tactics. I think probably would have been my first introduction to Sakamoto, which is probably a lot of people's Yeah, I was going to say. Which he obviously, and we'll talk about later, but he co-composed that with Masaharu Iwata. Um, But I have played earlier games that he had composed, but um, was unfamiliar with the name at the time. And we're going to get into that here actually really, really soon uh, because my first actual track in my block is because of that. So I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit. Oh, that is really interesting. I will be looking forward to hearing that story. I mean, you probably already know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but but there is one of those... um, this is one of those episodes where I uh, I don't know that I've played any of these games. Um, if I had played Final Fantasy Tactics, then obviously, I mean, it probably would have been my first introduction. Uh, heard yeah. of Ogre Battle. Um, yep. I might have played Super Back to the Future, too. That might have been a rental for me at one point. Okay. Um, looking at some of the other stuff on my list... You know, some of these things I'm, I'm familiar with, like I said, of course, some of these are big, you know, pretty big name yeah. series. I've played a decent amount of what we brought today, but there's quite a few that I have not played, um, including your first pick, which we have played a track from on the show before. Yeah, this is, I, I think that this is like a, a virtual novel set in a high school um, from, uh, uh, maybe not a virtual novel, but visual, it is from novel. the, uh, yeah, why, why did I say virtual novel? Anyway, I don't know. Um, <laughs> But this this is, I believe, uh, yeah, yeah, because this is on the Super Famicom. Okay, yeah. So this is, um, pretty sure, a visual novel set in a Japanese high school. I believe that's the case. And yeah, and the the game is um, uh, Haurai Gakuen no Boken Tenkusai Scramble. And I, I I think it also looking at some of the screenshots, I think it might be a kind of a party game as well. Okay. Like there's some different elements here, but 
Yeah. Uh, so title music. It's good title music. It is. Yeah, I thought it would be a nice play, and it's got a cool kind of like waking up. It's got a first day of school kind of sound to it. You know, like beginnings. It does. It does. You know, early early stuff. Like the sun's shining, and you're feeling optimistic, and maybe a little nervous, but yeah. Um, you're feeling optimistic, so, but you're gonna realize that that feeling's gonna go away pretty quickly. <laughs> and uh, but but uh, since I haven't um, since I haven't played a lot of stuff by Sakamoto or listened to a lot of stuff by him either, I uh, just kind of went into this a little bit blind. And I've listened to a lot of his stuff over the last couple of weeks, and I have uh, really come to you know an appreciation for how he grew and for how long he's been doing this. Oh yeah, like, he's been doing the it number for... of systems. Yeah, and still. Extremely active, like yes, very, yeah, very much so. Couple, you know, usually multiple releases still every year. And another one of those who must have started young because he he still looks super young. Um, he was born February twenty sixth, nineteen sixty nine. He's only fifty four right now. Okay, um, yeah. So he's his, just his a little first older game was it released in nineteen eighty eight. Again, with he worked a lot with Masahiro Awada, um, so yes. he would have been. Yeah, they were a big pair. He was nineteen at the time. Okay, yeah, yep. Yeah, I wonder what the story is with him and and Uwada because you do see their names together a lot. Um, that's uh, uh, and and he also he collaborates with other folks quite a bit as well. Yeah, Boss um, Escape is another one. He does a lot of like indie games and smaller games with Boss uh, Base Escape. I yeah, and Base Escape, Escape actually, <laughs> I believe, is the name like he created Base Escape. I think he founded he founded them, but what it is is a group of musicians who will occasionally help him out with things, and so. Yeah, he. I feel like those bass escape tracks. He's probably serving as something like the sound director or music director or something. It's possible. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he's he is one of the big ones for sure. Um, Especially in the RPG scene. Yes, very much, very much. Um, and a couple of shooters there too. Uh, he he. I feel like I think of him and Noriyuki Iwadare kind of in the same in the same thought whenever they come to my mind because right. they have there's kind a couple of similar re- repertoires and shmups, yeah, for sure. And they also have a, a similar way of kind of going back and forth between popular style music and very very intricate classical or orchestral music. That is true. They're both good at both of those. So. That is true. I'm excited for this episode. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I am too. And uh, what do you say, man? I am ready to. Uh, I'm ready to get into this if you are. Okay. So, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, my first block is going to begin with a track from Ogre Battle, which um, did release in 93. But Ogre Battle was the first time in the credits that we saw his actual name. So, um, and it was still credited as like his actual, I think, uh, what do they call that? Not like pen name, but state, state yeah, but, stage but, name yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Pseudonym. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. The sta- stage name. I think it's a good one. I, I honestly, I think pen name. That's the first thing. That pen comes name. To mind for me. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. But um, he used to go by the name of, and I'm pulling it up again. I didn't actually write it down. Uh, Y-M-O-H dot S. Y-M-O being abbreviation for yellow. Yellow a, Magic Orchestra. Yellow Magic yep. Orchestra. Thank you. So Y-M-O-H-S. Um, for his initials. Um, but the Ogre Battle soundtrack was the first time, and specifically, not even the SNES version. So technically, I'm lying because it's not in the S, but the SNES soundtrack I think is better, which is why I pulled from that one. But um, it was the Ogre Battle Sega Saturn version that released in 1996, where he was com- uh, credited as Hitoshi Y M O H S Sakamoto. So that was the first time hmm. his name 
name appeared in the actual credits of a game, like his actual name. So gotcha. figured I'd start my block off, my first block, since it's our first track of the episode outside of the opener, with that, because everyone knew who he was then for sure, because his name was out there. So let's take a listen to Revolt Thunder from Ogre Battle, The March of the Black Queen. This released on March 12th, 1993, and again was composed by Hitoshi Sakamoto. Coming up next, we're going to take a listen to Field from Maldorian Hikari to Yami no Sister. This released on October 30th, 1994, and again was composed by Hitoshi Sakamoto. Thank you. 
Closing out this block, we're going to take a listen to Boss Battle from Super Back to the Future 2. This released on July 13th, 1993, and was composed by Hitoshi Sakamoto. Coming back in, we are first talking about Revolt Thunder from Ogre Battle, The March of the Black Queen, again released March 12th, 1993, and obviously composed by Hitoshi Sakamoto. Um, first of all, I love that even though the name of this game is The March of the Black Queen, this is also still like a very March type of a track with the snare drum, which again, you know, I always like when the snare drum is very prominent in a track. Um, yes, <laughs> I love the way this sounds, dude. It's so cool. And what a game. This is such a good game. Like, it's not one that I played right away because, again, my first introduction to Sakamoto was Final Fantasy Tactics. And I didn't play a ton of different, like, RPGs or tactical strategy RPGs back in the day. I tended to kind of stick with the mainline ones or the, the mainstream ones because I was just a child and... You know, I got what I got, but um, I was playing like Final Fantasy and some of the Dragon Quests and uh, some of the Breath of Fires. Like, that's kind of what I was playing back then. I, I really had n no idea what Ogre Battle was until a few years later, um, but I did eventually go back and play it. And this is such a good freaking game, dude. Um, Sakamoto did do the soundtrack of this game with Masahiro Iwata, again, who he works with a lot and Hayoto Matsuo. And this game did release elsewhere, like I mentioned, right? There's an SNES, SNES version, a Saturn version, a PS1 version, and even a mobile version. Um, sick game, though. I really like this a lot. And the entire soundtrack is quite good. Even the stuff not composed by him, the entire soundtrack is quite good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ogre Battle is one of those series that I am familiar with by reputation. I've never actually played it, but... Everyone who I know who has played it um, really, really loves it, especially March of the Black Queen. 
Yeah. Uh, this is kind of like the thousand year door of the series. Absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah. No, this is clearly um, the best one. And uh, I, I, I think that I never played these because I am just not a big fan of real time strategy games. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not a good enough multitasker for them. I don't like tower defense games for the same reason. But uh, this is a soundtrack that I have heard a lot about just because, again, a lot of people like this game and the soundtrack is good enough to go along with it. So absolutely. Yeah, this is a popular one on similar or other shows like BG Mania, right? A lot of people play stuff from Ogre Battle um, and it's a game that still, like you mentioned, it's looked back on fondly. So um, I thought it was a fun way to start like the actual blocks because again, it was the first time that his actual name, not this version, but eventually three years later when the Saturn version released that his name actually appeared in the credits. Yeah. And I think it is good, and it goes well with uh, that first track that I brought. They ha- they both have a similar sort of medieval kind of sound yeah. to them, mm-hmm. um, even though mine isn't really medieval at all, <laughs> I don't think, and this one definitely is. But uh, but yeah, I really like the uh, the sound of these, and sort of like I did with my block, um, you've got kind of a kind of a diversity here. Yeah, yeah, which we see as we move into my middle track, which came to us from Maladorian Hikari to Yami no Sister, which again released October 30th, 1994, and was composed by Hitoshi Sakamoto. Uh, We listened to Field, which in the video starts somewhere in this area. Um, But this is really cool field music, dude. You even mentioned, like, how similar this does sound to NES Legend of Zelda. And I think yeah. the big reason why it does sound so similar to the NES version, this is a Game Gear game. Yeah, um, and that that is one of the things, it's super impressive. There were a couple of Game Gear soundtracks that I almost brought, and um, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody sound better on the Game Gear. No, it sounds, dude, it's crisp and clear. Like, it's, it's very impressive for Game Gear composition. And, I mean, you're never going to be, like, stellar in this category, but there was even... Um, a, a nice representation from the low end <laughs> of the sound spectrum, uh, a little bit of bass, you know, on these, which was really hard to get on on the GameCube and the Master System, which shared a sound uh, a sound system. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, this was really good. Um, Moldorian was on my short list, and uh, I'm almost positive it was this track that that I had on there as well. Yeah, we were talking about that because there's a YouTube video with the entire soundtrack and it's literally like 19 minutes long because they only have maybe a minute to a minute 20 seconds of each track. Like they don't play the full thing because they are rather short loops. Um, so I guess you don't really need to play that much of them, but we'll play a little bit more than what we listen to like for us. Um, but I put this on one day, like again, 19 minutes it just it took me no time to get through this track stuck out to me most there's some there's a cool there's a couple other cool tracks on the soundtrack that's what i was trying to say but this one literally i thought was by far the best on there um yeah this actually one this dude this town two by the way town two was almost my pick this one that starts right after town two was town almost two my was pick. i couldn't remember if it was dungeon or town two but I th- it was this one that i'd like here this was another one that was close for me yeah uh <laughs> And, and, and yeah, I mean, the, the, this soundtrack is not super long. Um, it is not uh, it, it, it's not as stellar like front to back as a lot of Sakamoto's other soundtracks are. But but it, it did still have some strong representation here. And again, I'm, I'm really happy, as I mentioned off air, that we have something here from the GameCube. Because Game one of my goals, Game Gear, yes. One of my <laughs> goals was to show several different systems Sakamoto composed on. 
Yeah. Um, and so we do that actually quite a bit on our composer appreciation episodes. I know we try to spread it out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it, and somehow it always seems to work out that we bring, you know, different stuff. And so it, it did that. It did this time as well. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. This was a, a fun track. I do. I love the way he lets some of the notes just linger like that. You know, they have a tail to them. It sounds so cool. Um, very, yeah. very much so. And th- that always had to be intentional on these systems as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, no, for yeah. sure. But then we closed out that block. Uh, not another variation of a system. We went back to the Super Nintendo and we listened to Boss Battle from Super Back to the Future 2, which again released July 13th, 1993. And of course, we're talking still Hitoshi Sakamoto as we are the entire episode. Um, yep. One of the things I think Sakamoto excels in is boss battle music, dude. He is so <laughs> yeah. good at composing boss or even just like battle music, but specifically boss battle music. This track is wild, man. It's so crazy, but I love it. It really, yeah. It, and I have to comment on this soundtrack. This was, if I had brought something from the Super NES as opposed to the Super Famicom, which I opened with, this would have been the soundtrack. Like they're and different. And that is so I know they are, but they're wild. the same freaking thing. It's, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it, it's, it's sort of just a very slight improvement in the sound hardware on yeah. the Super Famicom. So, um, but th- th- this, this soundtrack is way better than it has any right to be. Absolutely. It's um, one of those types of games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Super Back to the Future 2. It, this is... This was so stale by this point, and yet we've got like a Tim Fallon situation almost Absolutely. here. Absolutely, this entire <laughs> this soundtrack is, is dope, dude. It's a it's a banger. Like the whole it's it's really really good. I was gonna bring a completely different. Like I had two different tracks on my short list. I was trying to decide between, and then I ultimately scrapped the whole game from my list. But neither one of them was this track, and yet I had I had such a great time listening to this. And and this yeah, track you had in said I don't even really, know if I made it this far into the soundtrack when you were listening to it. <laughs> Because I had so many to listen to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, th- this track in particular is really giving me Tim Fallen vibes. Oh, absolutely. Just with how many things are going. Dude, it's nonstop, right? There's just, it's a constant bombardment of sounds and different things that are just, it's so cool. Like I said, it's chaotic. It's hectic, but I love it. And, and I, I don't think I would call this prog, but it does have that prog like sensibility toward um, you know, a lack of time signature. <laughs> just, you know, it's, it's just kind of, I'm going to play when I want to play and I'm going to play, you know, in my own sort of, sort of, I'm going to march to the beat of my own drum, literally. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. Really good stuff. And, and I love the diversity, both of system and of uh, style here on these first three, because Sakimoto does have some things that, um, you know, I think are kind of uniquely him. You've already talked about how some of the notes kind of trail off and stuff. Yeah. But um, but he really, I really, like you said, we like to show a good mix. I, I was really impressed with the diversity of his sound. Uh, I think um, I think I think this was on air when I when I earlier when I compared him to um, uh, Iwadari, but yeah, Noriyuki Iwadari. Yes, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to say Yas Shiono, but yeah, <laughs> Noriyuki Iwadari. Um, but but yeah, just both of them have just a really really and, and they're good at it. They don't just have different styles that they all that they do all of them pretty well. They are just really top notch both at the orchestral stuff and at the more popular sounding stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that first block. I did. I did. I think you're going to enjoy my first block. Well, I know for sure I'm going to enjoy your first track because I legit had the same one saved. <laughs> I know. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. Not the, um, not the only time that's going to happen for your blocks. 
It's not. <laughs> it, it really isn't. And you were gracious enough to let me keep them because you always have your backups. Yeah, so. I always um, have a couple. But, yep. but yeah, um, so uh, Sakimoto did some work for the Game Boy. He wasn't as prolific as other composers like Alberto Gonzalez, but he did quite a bit of work for the Game Boy. A lot of them were ports yes. though, of other soundtracks that had been composed for other systems, but that he adapted. And I still almost brought something from one of those. I think maybe Tailspin, uh, because he did several of the Disney Game Boy I ports. I almost did, too. The only reason I didn't be- was was because it wasn't composed by him, but I, I wanted to show how faithfully and how well he had moved some of these soundtracks over, um, like from the NES or the Super NES to the Game Boy. Right. Because uh, I think he did a really good job with those and um, added enough of his little flair that it was, you know, kind of unique, but it, it, it didn't, it was still close enough to the original that it was, you know, I, I got the sense that he wanted to honor those other well, he either wanted to honor those other composers or he was just being lazy. But, <laughs> so lazy, lazy doesn't seem like Sakimoto's beat. It doesn't, so. no. As, um. we, as we listen to Boss Battle from this Super Back to the Future 2 in the background, I don't know how you can say anything about being lazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But in the end, I went with an original Game Boy soundtrack. Uh, and not just the same game, but the same track, like you said. We yep. both, uh, <laughs> we, we both well, there, I think there are but, yeah. only four tracks on this game, so. It's a very, very short soundtrack. I think this was, was this like a puzzle game or something maybe? I and that's so. why there's yeah. so little. That that would make sense. So, well, let's go ahead and listen to it. This is BGM from Bubble Ghost, released November 1990 uh, for the Game Boy and composed as everything else is today by Hitoshi Sakimoto. Thank you. 
Next up, we're going to listen to BGM number 1D from Chick's Tale, released February 15th, 1995, and composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. Closing out my first block, we're going to take a listen to Prairie, or Stage 7, from Devilish, also known as Bad Omen, released March 29, 1991, and composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto.
coming back in, we are first talking about Bubble Ghost for the Game Boy, which we had a hard time pinning down what kind of game this was. <laughs> but, <laughs> but first, talk about this track. This is really, really cool. Dude, this track is so much fun. Um, you and I both kind of had the same thought about this track, which was interesting because, again, we had both saved it, too. But it starts out sounding very similar to Pokemon, but then gets into... Dude, it, it's so similar to Return to Dreamland from Kirby. Like, it's the same sound. I love it. This is so sick. And I actually was kind of wondering, like, was Bubble Ghost inspired by Kirby in some way? Because it's a little freaking floating ghost that kind of looks like Kirby, just white, right? Not pink. Yeah. Um, And he's doing things with his mouth, right? Because you are blowing <laughs> bubbles, and that's the puzzle <laughs> element. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> What you do with Kirby that mouth? sucks and the bubble goes yeah. blows. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it is what a difference, you know, because in because because in Kirby's Dreamland, you know, that was before the copy abilities came around, and so Kirby didn't have the same kind of depth that it did in later games, and it really it was more just like a really simple platformer. Um, this looks a little bit more like a puzzle platformer in that you have to move this little bubble around this castle. Uh, and so it's not really a platformer. It's a side scroller, but I get the feeling the ghost can like float and, and move around like that. So I don't know. Um, but it's not a long soundtrack. So if you get the feeling this probably plays behind most of the gameplay, uh, it is just called BGM on the list that we had. But but really really good and um, so much fun. A, a little a little bit of advanced musicality here because this almost sounds like some of the later like post two thousand Game Boy stuff like a Game Boy Kirby. Dude, it's uh, or insane portable that Game Boy games are still releasing like in the late nineties early two thousands. Like the yeah, Game that, Boy had that, such a lengthy lifespan. It did. It was crazy. It did. But but this the the way that this song is structured reminds me a little bit more of things from like Triple Deluxe and Robobot. So like Kirby after it had developed some more, it it sounds honestly more sophisticated to me than what was in Dreamland itself. Um, I could agree with that. So. Uh, yeah, the, but really, really good stuff. And I would classify this as a hidden gem. I was not really aware of this game at all before I, I looked up Sakamoto's list. So, um, and neither was I aware of this uh, this next game that we're going to be talking about. But th that makes a little more sense because this is on the PC ninety eight, which I I never had, but not not very many of us in in the states did. But we're talking about a game called Chick's Tale, which is is some kind of sim game or possibly a gambling game. Uh, it's a little, it was a little bit hard to tell. It's a Japanese only release, and the soundtrack as a whole is a little bit more subdued. It's well done, um, and there is some diversity there. But it's it's a little bit closer to what I would call ambient. But this track, which has no official name, it was BGM number one D. <laughs> um, but uh, this this track was a little more lively. It, it it had a little bit more oomph to it, and uh, it was a little bit longer too. It's a it's a nice um you know decently paced track, and uh, very different stylistically from the first one and the third one in my first block here. So, which is another reason I brought it. I like the way this sounds. I really like the way this sounds. Definitely has like a slower pace to it and a lot of um, elements and sections. I cannot stop at the moment staring because it didn't it didn't stick out to me at first, but now it does. I cannot stop. And I'm assuming it's the dealer, the guy on the left in the little green circle. Why does that look like a chibi Bob Ross? <laughs> I don't know, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> and the... Uh, 
the, the, the lady in the pink hat on the top right reminds me of Audrey Hepburn. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> so, I can see it. Um, yeah. So there, there, there's some different ones, different ones here. Um, uh, man, I don't know. But the, an, another PC-98 release that I really have to shout out is um, is uh, Dragon something Silk. Master Dragon Silk 2. I have the hardest time remembering that title because <laughs> I did the same thing off air uh, like five minutes ago. But uh, Dragon Master Silk 2 um, is an RPG with a, you know, sort of the, the cute, the, the cute, sexy Japanese girls, scantily clad, but a little yes, bit more sir. like innocent style. Oh. Yes. Um, I don't remember the name for that. Jeff's going to smack me for not remembering. But uh, anyway, um, it's neither here nor there. The, the game itself, uh, the series looks pretty interesting, but Dragon Master Silk 2. Just look up Dragon Master Silk 2 soundtrack and uh, find a way to listen to that because, man, it's really good. I couldn't figure out who composed which track because he did do that game with somebody else. Yeah. I don't think it was Iwata. It was another person. But they uh, they did a really, really good job on that soundtrack. So. And I, I will say, anyone, you should, you guys should definitely just do like a, a search for Chick's Tale OST or Chick's Tale's PS98 OST and uh, take a look at the comments. <laughs> yeah, yep. What if I'll, we started I'll, I'll doing that? that. What, if, what if we started just leaving a comment on every video that we used in our episode? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd be like, see who can find the comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Good time. Good time. Yeah, uh, Clark would kind of like in your first block. Uh, like uh, that, that would be fun. That would be fun. I'm gonna have to try to remember that for next time. It's gonna be a couple <laughs> weeks, so we'll see. Uh, what I tried to do in my first block was something kind of like what you did, and and that is show a real diversity of musical styles. And I really think um, within these first three tracks. I really think I I did that. Well, first three, not counting my my title, my, my yeah. play in. And but I mean, um, including that one, you I think you did a good job still. Thank you. And also, these are all pretty different from from the tracks that you brought as well. So, uh, I really really like the the sound of this next one that we listen to. Um, so this is Stage Seven or Prairie uh, from a game that here was called Devilish The Next Possession. I think it was a sequel to a Game Gear game called Devilish. Yeah. Uh, but overseas, it was called Bad Omen, probably because, especially in Europe at the time, they had a lot more, like, restrictive uh, laws about, you know, putting things like devil in the title of stuff. So, um, so but yeah, that's... Um, you, you might find this soundtrack under either Devilish or Bad Omen, but this is a Sega Genesis track, which... Um, Sakimoto did really, really well. Again, kind of like the Game Boy. He didn't do a lot of Genesis games, but the ones I listened to, uh, another one is the Bad Dudes um, soundtrack for uh, for Sega Genesis. Um, and he did a really, really great job on both of those soundtracks. I think uh, um, I almost brought something from that Bad Dude soundtrack, and you mentioned that you would listen to it as well. Dude, everything Sakamoto touched on the Genesis seems to have a really solid soundtrack. Like... He doesn't have, there's a few things, right? Like, it's not like an extensive Genesis catalog, but it, he's not like, Noriyuki Awadare, since you mentioned him earlier, has much more available from the Genesis than um, Sakamoto does. But um, I do think that what Sakamoto has on the Genesis, like you mentioned Bad Dudes, um, it's really, really good. And <laughs> I did listen to that. I, I didn't almost bring something from that Bad Dudes soundtrack, but I did listen to it because I wanted to, just to spite Frank. <laughs> but I didn't end up saving anything from it. It's very different from the NES Bad Dudes soundtrack. Um, 
it, but but really really good really strong and yeah I'm, I'm always impressed when somebody can can come to the genesis and really play up its its strengths and that's what sakamoto does with this one um he doesn't try to play around a whole lot with the bass but he does like spurts of it which gives the track more umph but a lot of it is just this really really 80s sounding space like like fantasy sci-fi like space opera style synth yeah and i i, I love it so much it kind of reminds me and he did if i'm not didn't he i think he did i guess i should maybe look um, I think Moby Games had him credited as it, but I don't know if Wikipedia did. Well, you're burying um, the lead, so I can't answer your question yet. I know. <laughs> um, see, Wikipedia doesn't have it listed, but uh, Moby Games had him listed as doing some work on uh, Eye of the Beholder, which I... Oh, yeah, the D&D game. Yeah. One um, of the many D&D games yeah, on these systems. Which also has a very similar soundtrack to what you were talking about, but it's not me- it's not listed on Wikipedia, so I don't actually know if he actually... Because there were several that I... Because like, I, I scrolled multiple websites, and there were a couple games that I pulled off of Moby Games that he was credited to. And as I dug into it a little deeper, he had nothing to do with it. Um, but it just made... Dude, what's Rikishi Legend of Paper Wrestling? I don't know. Oh my gosh. Why did I not see that before? (laughs) (laughs) It's apparently not a game, just like World Slash Slash Zero. What the hell is Rikishi Legend of Paper Wrestling? It doesn't exist. I do not know. You might have to put Legend of Paper or something in quotes. See if we can find that game. Oh man, that's... That's wild. Uh, well, there. Oh, oh, oh. It, so it's on his. Oh. Galeri Zurikishi, Legend of It's Nintendo Re- DSi, DSi game. Wow. It, this is ugly as hell, but. <laughs> really? It's like. <laughs> it's That's like basement Pokemon or something. Dude, that game exists Pokemon. on literally one website. It is nowhere else, like screenshots, wow. anything. It is on ntower.de, not even a U.S. website. But look, I'm at the bottom. Like, there's no page two. <laughs> I wonder why in the world Sakamoto did something for that. If if he, in fact, did. Like, where where is that? Dude, he, Go back to Sakamoto's pi- Wikipedia page. Picture like, shows up. I, like what? But but there's no there's no reference for that one. No, like there's no link. No. Nope. So what if that's just bull crap? Like somebody threw it in yeah. as a joke or something. I mean, I guess that's it could the be. magic of Wikipedia. But it is on fandom. But I mean, they could have copied it from Wikipedia. Um, yeah. VG Charts has it listed. Apparently, um, this is so wild. I didn't not know that. Interesting. It's funny. Yeah. There's a there's a like the title screen. Huh. Oh. Huh. So DSi, I, I, it was I'm a DSi guessing, DSiWare game. So it wasn't it's not like that was their version. I'm of, guessing that's uh, like, yeah. Like, uh, Digital only is what it, yeah. Digital I'm guessing only. this doesn't have anything to do with Rikishi, the WWE wrestler. I mean, no. I, I think it must have to do with, like, the Japanese word Rikishi. Yeah. Because there is absolutely nothing in common with this, and there's no no branding, so. <laughs> that's, no stink that's faces? so funny. No stank faces, yeah. <laughs> God, what a move. What an era. <laughs> what an era that was. But I've never played this game. Um, I have no idea, really, what, what it is or what the series is, but... Uh, I love the soundtrack. The whole thing is good, but this yeah. was my favorite. Yep. We had played something else from this game, too, actually, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if we have it under Devilish or if we have it under Bad Omen. Um, it's not under Devilish. There, okay, there's Devilish. Under, oh, no, that... Wait, I just saw... Oh, maybe we've never... Go, 
Go, go, go back. Go back. There it is. Devilish, the next possession. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we played. Oh, my God. Is it this track? We did. <laughs> wow. We can leave it Oh, in. I broke the rule. We'll leave That's it in. That's so wild. I mean, yeah, yeah. At this point, we I knew we had played something it, from this before, but I didn't cross-reference for years. Well, uh, I guess that just means this is definitively the best track because we brought it <laughs> twice. I wonder when that was that we brought it. Um, it was probably before. back with Frank at some point. I don't know when, though. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if you guys did a Peace 98 episode or something. Um, but it's, Might have. Uh, but yeah, so that was my first block. And now we're, I think we're going to get into Sakimoto's more, um, more, what do you call it? Like uh, modern stuff and more orchestral sounding stuff. More orchestral. I, I wouldn't call it more modern, right? Because Tactics still released uh, in the mid 90s, 98, 97 in Japan. Um, uh, that is true. But uh, I feel like Tactics is here because it's very closely tied to another that's a lot more recent. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And I, I actually was going to have an entire Final Fantasy block because, uh, you know, he did do work on additional Tactics games and, and that kind of stuff. I could have I could have brought probably six or seven different Final Fantasies that he's actually contributed to. Um, but I went with his probably two biggest, in my opinion. Um, I was wondering, like, I was I was thinking maybe we had, like, an all RPGs left, but that's not the case. I don't know what your middle track is in your last block, but um, I know your first block, or your first track in that block is, I think, a shmup. But um, yeah, yeah. all three of mine that are about to come up are JRPGs, and they are all phenomenal. I also think all of these tracks are yes. phenomenal. So. Yeah. I, I listened to, to all three of these soundtracks. Did you? Um, nice. At least in the background while nice. I was doing my research. Nice. Okay. Let's get into it then. We are going to kick this off by taking a listen to Antipyretic from Final Fantasy Tactics, released January 28th, 1998, and again composed by Hitoshi Sakamoto.
Coming up next in this block, we're going to take a listen to The Zodiac Age from Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age. Released July 11th, 2017, composed by Hitoshi Sakamoto.
Closing out this block, let's take a listen to Winter Witch from Valkyria Chronicles 4. This released on September 25th, 2018, and of course was composed by Hitoshi Sakamoto. Coming back in, we are first talking about Antipyretic from Final Fantasy Tactics, again released January 28th, 1998, and composed by Hitoshi Sakamoto. Yeah, man, you were right. We definitely got into the more orchestral, the the big feel, right? We're, we're moving away from that, uh, <laughs> the, 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 why am I drawing a blank? Chip the more tune. chippy stuff. Yep, that, that's, I'd say, I thought of it just as you said it. Um, I don't know why I was drawing a blank there, but yeah, the more <laughs> chiptune style of um, Sakamoto's work and into the orchestrated, whether simulated or real, um, I probably hear simulated, but definitely in the next track, real. Um, but this is such a fucking good game, dude. Final Fantasy Tactics is phenomenal. The War of the Lions is the uh, subtitle of Final Fantasy Tactics. But um, great game, great battle system, fantastic strategy, bat like RPG, right? Like in the vein of Fire Emblem, 
Um, yeah. Such a good game, dude. And the soundtrack from start to finish is incredible. Yeah, this is definitely one that I have heard a lot of people talk about. Uh, the soundtrack and the game. So For very good reason. This is a lot of, like... To this day, still, this is a lot of people's favorite just Final Fantasy game in general. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I can understand that, and um, the I feel actually very similarly about Mystic Quest. Um, I think soundtrack sort of indisputably is fantastic. The the game is a little bit more polarizing, yeah, but. Um, but I think it's in that same sort of you know it's a it's a spinoff game that has a pretty pretty good cult following. Um, but I'm glad that you brought this and the other tracks from this block because I had a more sort of big sweeping orchestral style block before I brought in my my actual second block of tracks. And I'm glad that I I, I, I made that decision because I was pretty sure that you were going to have something from from either Zodiac Age or uh, one of the Valkyria Chronicles games. Why not you know, both? Even aside from tactics. So Why yeah. not all three? <laughs> In the same block. So yeah. So yeah. Um this next one is uh, is pretty actually both of the your next ones are well no. This next one is is pretty long. Uh, the last one I was misreading the number cuz I'm my eyes are getting dry. Um, <laughs> but so let's go ahead and get into it. This is a, a good long track. It was. Yeah, we listened to The Zodiac Age from Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age. This is the uh, the 2017 release on, um, you know, PS4 that was based on the Japanese international release of Final Fantasy XII, which included like an expanded job system and that kind of stuff. Um, but they added a ton of stuff to the re-release of the Zodiac Age in 2017. I played through it again. Final Fantasy XII is one of those Final Fantasies that people either really like or they don't. Um, like when you see people rank Final Fantasies, you either see 12 hover near the top or hover near the bottom, at least in my experience. Um, because it is different from like the Final Fantasies that came before one through 10. But this game is sick, dude. I really I'm in the camp that really enjoys Final Fantasy 12. I do think this is Hitoshi Sakamoto's best work. This particular soundtrack right here, I think, is his like claim I to would, fame. I would have to agree. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah. And big reason why I met him at Distant Worlds, right? He was there because that was the time. So it had to have been 2016 because they announced at Distant Worlds there, like Arnie Roth, it hadn't been officially re- revealed yet, but he said there was a re-release coming that Sakamoto was involved with on modern platforms. Like he shouldn't have said that during the concert. So that would have had to have been before this released. (laughs) This particular track, the Zodiac Age, was uniquely composed for for the re-release, which is why I chose to bring this one. Because most of the rest of the soundtrack, right, is just... And the game lets you choose. You can either listen to the original soundtrack or the, like, recomposed soundtrack or rearranged soundtrack that he did for the re-release. Um, But if you leave it to, like, the redone work, there's a... I think a couple new tracks, but I know for sure at least one, and it's this one. So this is a seven and a half minute track that goes through multiple movements, dude. There's so many different sections to this track, and it's so freaking dope. I think this track is so cool, and I love that it was unique to the re-release. Like, we never would have gotten this without that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he got to come back and, and really kind of sort of flex his muscles again and... And yeah, I, I had such a great time listening to this soundtrack. It's a very uh, lengthy soundtrack. Yeah, it really is. Really is. But worth every minute to go listen to it. 
Oh, for sure. No, the entire soundtrack, again, just like Final Fantasy Tactics, is going to be stellar from top to bottom. Um, Sakamoto did such a good job, dude. I So I have a steelbook copy of the original Final Fantasy XII on PS2, and I took that with me to that concert. He signed it for me. So I have that. Um, it's, it's not, like, actually displayed anywhere, but I have that. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but all right, you're not much talkative, so I'm going to move into the uh, third track I'm not, that we listened I'm just to. A, yeah, just a... Which, just, uh... <laughs> not a whole lot else to say, because I never played Zodiac Age, so, um, you know, I don't have the any anything. It's really just the track, and you... You pretty much said it all. It's a track that goes places. (laughs) (laughs) We closed out that block by taking a listen to Winter Witch from Valkyria Chronicles 4, which is the most recent in the Valkyria Chronicles IP. I do highly recommend this series. I think it is incredible. Again, strategy RPGs, um, except for Valkyria Revolution, which was the spinoff game that fell between Valkyria Chronicles 3 and Valkyria Chronicles 4. That game was kind of traditional turn-based RPG style or may have been action battle. Now that I, Yeah, it was action now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but it wasn't strategy-based. But, um, dude, this game has such a dope story. I've played and I've brought one other track from this game in the past, and it's actually the the theme of the two characters we see here in the thumbnail of this video. Claude and Riley, I think, are their names, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, it's like they're theme that's kind of like because it's it's a romance story all throughout the narrative of Valkyria Chronicles 4 but it's a super slow super emotional kind of and a really touching track we, we I played that one at some point probably on a radio hour um I love the vocals in this track it's not a lengthy like it are it's as I've been talking it's already looping again so around the minute 20 second <laughs> mark is where you know the vocals repeat But at the end of the track, there's a little bit of a difference. But obviously, these lyrics are not in English. I do believe this is just a repeat of the um the first part of the song so i think this is technically a loop but there is a little bit of a difference at the end um so maybe not a loop but i think this is gorgeous yeah it really really is and valkyria chronicles um all of the soundtracks are pretty lengthy and they're all also very very good um it's i think that in the end i ended up with something from valkyria chronicles 2 just because the one track that stood out from the the one i decided to pick from that soundtrack was better than the ones i had from uh three and four okay it's really other the other runners up but uh but all all four of them are just really really solid soundtracks all the way through yeah you really can't go wrong um they are really good soundtracks he did not do the spinoff game. So he worked on the original Valkyria Chronicles, which we did eventually get. Um, and he worked on Valkyria Chronicles 2, which was a PSP game. Yep, that's right. But I think Valkyria Chronicles 3 is the one we never got, right? Yeah, that's still exclusive to Japan. So Valkyria Chronicles 3 never released over here. But then we did get Valkyria Revolution, which was in between 3 and 4, because 4 released in 2018. Um, Valkyria Revolution released in 2017 was actually composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. It's also a fantastic soundtrack. Yep, yeah. Uh, just really, really impressive series that I know almost nothing about. So <laughs> Such good games, dude. They're such good games. I, I adore these games. It makes me sad that I've never gotten to play three. I played all the others. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But those vocals, stuff, man, man, the That's Winter really... Witch, the vocals of the Winter Witch are haunting. So good. They are on point, for sure. Yeah, bet. Because I said that by mistake to you earlier when I was trying to say be right <laughs> there. Because I always, like, Some... when you tell me you're ready, I always just send you, like, a BRT, right? Like, I'll be right there. 
but I got an iPhone recently and it auto-corrected my BRT to bet. So. <laughs> you sound like, sound like my middle schooler. I know, right? <laughs> bet, yeah. Oh, bet. Yeah. It's, it's a bit, but really, uh, really great. I, I love the sort of the slower, more eerie sound of this. Yeah, me too. I have a little bit of that in one of my, one of my tracks in this next block. But, Is it your last track? Because uh, I had the last track that you picked saved exactly the same way, right? The same game, same track. Uh, we we did, yeah. That's really funny. Um, I don't know if it was that one that you're talking about, though. It's not. It's because okay. uh, I remember that track the, the is slower. Track. Okay, yeah. Um, it, it is. Uh, the middle track I think has a little bit more of the the eerie vibe. I'm okay. Talking about, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, that last track is definitely track. I have no idea. Anything definitely about slow. So yeah, that was a fun find for sure. But um, but my first track also comes from a series that um, is one of those that I hear a lot about from fans of uh, of the system specifically, fans of the Sega Saturn. Um, I hear a lot of people talk about this game, and like you said earlier, I think this one is a shooter. Um, but I do know that this track is uh, again pretty different from anything that we have heard of uh, heard from before tonight, and um, I'm excited. So let's go ahead and take a listen to Penta from Radiant Silver Gun, released July 23rd, 1998, and composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto.
And next up, we're going to listen to Magic Card BGM from Shin Nazuki, released August 31st, 2017, and composed by Hitoshi Sakimoto. Closing out my second block, we're going to take a listen to A Small Departure from Breath of Fire 5 Dragon Quarter, released February 18, 2003, and composed once again by Hitoshi Sakimoto.
Coming back in, we are talking about Penta from Radiant Silver Gun. Uh, Zero Miedo. <laughs> Sorry, not that Penta. And you should no, know you that, watch AEW with Jeff sometimes now. Pentel Zero Miedo. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched enough for that to be you in will. my I'm working. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But um but yeah, so this is a uh, this soundtrack was really cool. I was mentioning when we were off air that it's got uh, two different versions, and I believe that one of them uses the Saturn's. Uh, well, I know the, one of them uses the Saturn's internal hardware, and the other one is Redbook, like CD audio. And the soundtracks that I found collected online contain both versions of the soundtrack. This, I believe, is the Redbook version of Penta, but uh, um. Really solid soundtrack here. Uh, kind of similar to Chick's Tale from earlier. It's the whole soundtrack front to back isn't as strong as some of the other ones we played, but there are some really, really strong tracks on it. And this is this is one of them. I thought this track also sounded very similar to the Revolt Thunder track I brought from Ogre Battle earlier. Yes, when you mentioned that, uh, that did definitely ring a bell. So, um, yeah, good, good, good stuff. Um, really... Uh, and a little bit of a look behind the scenes. There, there was another game I had pulled here called World Zero that is credited to Sakimoto on Wikipedia. But when it, it, the only thing that either of us could find online was some random Roblox game that was composed by somebody else, I found out. So yeah. um, I subbed this in. So this is one of those, uh, one of the backups that I, I rarely have to bring because Brian's always gracious about it. <laughs> but I was glad I had it in this case. And, and it's a good backup. You know, I feel like Radiant Silver a, Gun is another game that people, I mean, they they know it's Sakamoto. Like, I know I've heard his name associated with this game elsewhere. Like, people talk about this one. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So I am glad to have brought it. And also glad because it's, a, again, different musical style. This definitely has that, um, you know, that space shooter vibe from the 90s. Absolutely. So, so yeah, it's good stuff. Um uh, you know, uh, some Star Fox sound in here. Ooh, as well, you're right. Now that there I listen is to it. some Star Fox in here, hundred percent. Yeah, but again, more advanced, like more like something I would have heard on the GameCube Star Fox games than what was happening concurrently, like on Star remember, Fox sixty four. This is Red Book. So, remember? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. But this came out around the same time as uh, as Star Fox sixty four. Right. But that was N sixty four sound. It too. already sounds. <laughs> And but but I'm I'm also not just saying I'm not saying like the the sound hardware on it but just the the composition of it sounds more like the later the later Star Fox games um, than what was going on on the N64 uh, kind of similar to uh, the 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 Ghost Bubble Ghost and Kirby from our conversation earlier yeah that leads us to another game that I had never heard of neither had you before this episode um, Shin Nazuki which is a mobile game that is, I think, a combination of deck builder and RPG Lite, um, released for Android iOS. Not a very long soundtrack, but some some really good and some kind of different sounding stuff on this one. Yeah, I'm going to have to check out the rest of this soundtrack, I think, because 
I like, and you mentioned, right, that you had a track that had a very similar feel to like that eerie or, um, uh, what would be the yes, right word? Yeah, the yeah, sp- that like, kind of spooky, you yeah, know, kind of vibe. That, uh, the Winter Witch from Valkyria Chronicles 4 had. Um, this is going to be one that I definitely have to seek out. First of all, I love the artwork that's on the thumbnail of the video we listened to for the, uh, for the YouTube video. Um, what type of game is this? Did you, did you say it was a, a card style game? Um, so the the way it's tagged online is both a card game, so that made me think de- deck building because it's also tagged as an RPG, so like an, an ARPG specifically. Okay. Hmm. So that that that's what it that what it makes me think of. When I was looking for the release date, when I was putting the notes together for the show, I did see that the game had shut down. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah one of those yeah it was only <laughs> available for a couple years i it was it probably had some gotcha mechanics right so it, it outstayed its welcome more or less yeah yeah um but man uh the production value definitely definitely very high oh for like sure dude one. this this sounds so good and it's a waltz yes it is <laughs> yes it is that's probably part of why why uh it reminded me so much of some of the creepy stuff from koji kondo yeah. and uh and Grant Kirkhope on the N64 specifically. So Absolutely. This but, was a cool find. Yeah. yeah, I really like this one a lot. So uh uh decently sized soundtrack. I think this one was like twenty or thirty tracks long somewhere in there. Okay. Um but none none of the tracks are super long. So, you know, not as big a commitment as like the Zodiac Age. But but still still decently linked for sure and, and a good soundtrack. And another really good soundtrack that is is much longer, and in spite of the length, is another one that you and I both brought Dude, the exact it's same mind track. blowing to me because there's, yeah. there's there's like fifty or sixty tracks, if I'm not mistaken, on the the Breath of Fire Five OST. Um, yeah, I don't know how we landed on the same one. That's incredible. Yeah, both of us landed on a small departure <laughs> from yeah Breath of Fire Five Dragon Quarter, um, a series that's you know I'm familiar with, uh, but. I only really played the first couple because they, they didn't hook me. They're they're slow. They're, there's a lot, a lot of uh, random encounters in Breath of Fire. There are. Um, and, uh, you know, it just showed that Capcom was not quite on a par with Square when it came to RPGs back at this point. <laughs> so the, after this, they kind of stuck to more of what they knew, I think. I was going to say, <laughs> were they ever on par? Except for Breath of Fire. <laughs> which they somehow kept coming back to. Yeah, well, not anymore. Um, yeah. Breath I mean, after, after this one, no, after six, I think. They, yeah, they, well, we don't uh, talk about six. Well, oh, there was a big, yeah, there was a big, big gap between, like, after five, they didn't try it, and then when they finally did, yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about six, because the last Breath of Fire game was Dragon Quarter that came out in 2002. Breath of Fire 6 is an abomination that was released only on iOS and, like, uh, okay. Android. I think it might be available on PC, too, but it originally released as, like, a mobile thing. And, it, dude, the game sucks. It is awful. Um, it was literally just them trying to cash in on the Breath of Fire name for a stupid mobile release when those games were getting popular. Breath of Fire 2 and 3 are probably my favorite ones. Okay, yeah. I think one and two are the only ones that I, I've played, but, um, but yeah, uh, you know, uh, decent games, but, um, yeah, they're good. I yeah, mean, they're, they're uh, not amazing. They're good. And the soundtracks are really strong. There, there are a lot of, of good, um, longtime Capcom composers, especially on the first couple of games, but, um, obviously this one, since it's, uh, the man of the hour, Hitoshi Sakimoto, Indeed. this is a very strong track. The only composer on this particular version. I think of the ones that I brought, 
this is probably his most impressive soundtrack as a whole. Okay, nice. From 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 my bunch. I love Kinda that like it's yours a, was obviously Zodiac Age. Zodiac Age, yeah. I love that this is also a a piano piece, right? A slower, nice, yes. melodic piano piece. It's so different from everything else we've played today. Yep. And Sakimoto was another piano man, like like a lot of Japanese composers were, and so. I, uh, you know, I like to think that maybe sometimes he performs this one himself. <laughs> Just sitting there alone one night, thinking back, ready to take a small departure, you know, grabs his whiskey or whatever, mm-hmm. sets it down on top of the piano, fireplace roaring in the background, music starts going. <laughs> yep. Just kicks in. You hear those first few notes, tear rolls down his cheek. <laughs> Man, that's evocative, dude. <laughs> it's nice. There we go. <laughs> thanks for thanks for giving me the excuse. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh and I can't think of a better way to cap off my my second block and our our last regular song of the show. Absolutely. I knew this was going to be a fun episode, but uh, before we wrap it up, we are going to talk about our closeout, which is my pick this week. And it is going to come to us from the most recent game that we are featuring um, Hitoshi Sakamoto's work. It is 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Um, that was a Vanillaware developed game. And dude, Vanillaware has such a distinct style um, in terms mm-hmm. of just art, vision and sound um this is such a cool game and such an incredible soundtrack um it also reminds me heavily and i because you were saying like oh wow i know this or like why does it sound so familiar this artwork looks familiar right like you were racking your brain on it and i had to stop and ask you are you thinking of near because a lot of the sentinel the 13 sentinel soundtrack to me does sound kind of very similar to what kaichi okabe and emmy evans does on um the near IP. I'm looking at the info about the game online and I feel like I I, I don't know. Um I so uh, composers Hitoshi Sakimoto, mm-hmm. Yukinori Kikuchi, mm-hmm. Mitsuhiro Kaneda, Yoshimi Kudo, Rikako Watanabe. Yeah, I, I I haven't really heard of any of these other folks. Um I, what I don't know what it is about this game. <laughs> That uh, like I don't know why it came up before, but it was one of our themed episodes. Um, oh, okay. So if I really looked into it and I thought about it hard enough, then I, I might I might be able to. But now I don't know. I might just know I recognize that artwork and I recognize the vocals. Steampunk, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Uh, that it, it looks like that feels right. I'm gonna say yes. That feels right. Okay. So. <laughs> um, I love this yeah, track, very though, soundtrack. dude. Like, yeah, very strong soundtrack in general. But this particular track, it's literally the first track on the soundtrack. It's literally track one. Um, it I don't know that it's the title theme, but it's a track that most people know from 13 Sentinels that either know about the game or have played it. Um, it was a track that was used a lot in like promotional material leading up to the release as well. Um, I love the vocals. The vocals are done by Brat Phonic. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Brat Fox. Yeah, I'm not I don't, sure. I don't, it's got to be a like group. The There's multiple voices there. Yeah. Brat Phonics. Let's take a look. I also wonder if I pulled this for one of my cat game episodes because there's a robot and a cat on the, on the artwork. But, um, and Brat Phonics also is a group. I don't know. They are okay. a group. Yeah. Uh, some of the artists that are involved in Brat Phonics include Kazuki Higashihara, Yoshimi Kudo. Those are the composers, dude. Huh? Those are the composers for the game. Oh, it is. Oh, well, hang on. Is Brat? No. This, 
I, I don't know. It's a, the mystery goes ever deeper. Artist Brat Phonics listed separately from all the other composers. It is, yeah. I don't know. This is where I, um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they they only have credits on most websites for 13 Sentinels. Um, I was I was hoping to see, like, names, but there's nothing. Crazy. So crazy. Yeah. It is in Japanese, in according BGM. to some comments on <laughs> other websites. It is in Japanese. Um, it's not like a made-up yeah. language like Nier. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's but, a gorgeous I mean, track, dude. It's freaking gorgeous. Yeah, it really is. And I really like the aesthetic, um, both here and on the cover. It's just a really nice way. Nice way to close this out, dude. Yeah, it's not super lengthy. It's about two minutes long. A nice vocal track. Japanese vocal track at that. Um, thought it'd be a fun way to close this out. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Absolutely, dude. It's just... This has been uh, such a fun time. Um, I always, I always like these episodes, and I, I can't tell if I get more excited when it's a composer that I know really well, or it's a composer that I, I don't know as well, and but I know I should. Right, right. <laughs> um, because um, th- th- this, like I said, has taken up a lot of my listening time the last couple of weeks. I'm pretty behind on my podcast because of it, but I don't care because um, <laughs> now I know a lot more about Hitoshi Sakimoto. Absolutely, and. Remember, as we move into 2024, all of the composers that we are going to spotlight, so again in March, June, September, and December, have all been picked by you for next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, thank you for that, and I'm I'm excited. I think we've got four four pretty good picks, and um, you know, we'll see we'll see what comes of them. I'm excited to get there, but uh, that's quite some time away. So until then, <laughs> do you have anything to plug before we get yeah. out of here for tonight? Um, other than, hey, check out my uh, daughter, Shukapow, on YouTube, um, as always. Uh, still still pumping out those Pokemon episodes. <laughs> and other than that, though, um, no, just uh, excited to be getting into uh, December. Um, Christmas season. Maybe my second favorite month of the year uh, after October. And, uh, yeah, just really good stuff and getting ready for our... <laughs> Our best of episode that we do every year. Yeah, coming up soon. Man, this this was a stacked year for games and for soundtracks. I I am both really excited and really dreading. Yeah, <laughs> having <laughs> to put in all the time to narrow this down. But I know it's going to be a fantastic. Oh, episode. it's going to be incredible. I love doing that episode every single year. And in between that one and this one, uh, you know, Kyle and I, like I said, I'm going out of town. So I will be in Las Vegas this weekend and then for a couple days early next week. Um, Kyle and I are going to be recording the episode that drops after this one from his studio in his closet. We're going to do that together. So I think that's going to be fun. Like we'll both be there by like that. I'm, you know, I've, I don't think, yeah, no, ever since I've been doing this, I've never outside of Jessica um, have been in the same room with someone while recording a show. That's not true because I did stuff with uh, that super gen brand for a little while um, after I started level down games and then i met some other guys that uh were local in this area and i was part of super gen for a bit and i was on a few of their podcasts so i guess i have podcasted in the same room with other people before i lied (laughs) (laughs) yep 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 but um yep that was our focus on hitoshi sakamoto if you like what you heard there's plenty more to go explore out there make sure you do so but that is unfortunately going to bring us to the close of the show for this week We do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music and more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out of the episode today. 
We're going to be taking a listen to Brat Overflow from 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. This released on September 22nd, 2020, and it was composed again as everything was today by Hitoshi Sakamoto. And this track does feature, again, Brat Phonics. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. (laughs) 